Tamriel Adventure is a show that brings you information from all across the far reaches of Tamriel. I'm your host, Eric, aka Silior, and today we're going to revisit something I talked about about well, almost a year and a half ago. Um, it's Tiber Septum, um, aka Talos. Uh, so the reason, but it, you know, the reason why I'm revisiting him is because he founded the Third Empire. So we've been going through the different incarnations of the Empire, and he, his family, uh, his bloodline, ruled Tamriel for an entire era. So yeah, we're gonna revisit Talos. But before we get to that, we do have some news. So the biggest thing uh, is that QuakeCon has been going on. Um, as I'm recording this, it's now over. And apparently my dog found a toy. Um, so I hope you enjoyed QuakeCon. There are quite a few things going on. Um, Kenneth Vigu of the Chad Fall 76 podcast uh, hosted a few events, including Apocalypse Squares, which he's done in the past. Kind of like Hollywood Squares, but with Bethesda people. Um, but yeah, it ran through yesterday um, as I'm recording this. And one of the another thing that came out of that is that they dropped some free games uh, to Game Pass. So let's go through some of these here. So I know there's some Wolfenstein. We got some uh, Elder Scrolls. So let's see here. There, here's the list. So we got to on uh, this is uh, at PC. So if you have uh, Game Pass on PC, here, here's uh, what you're getting. We got Return to Castle Wolfenstein. We got Wolfenstein 3D. We got Quake uh, Quake 4. Uh, the Elder Scrolls Legend Battlespire and The Elder Scrolls Adventures Redguard. And this uh, pass perk will also unlock all champions and quick champions. And we got some others here. So if uh, you uh, access the Microsoft Store, you can also get Arena, Daggerfall, and Quake Champions. And then you can also. Uh, by Heretic Serpent Riders, Hexen Beyond Heretic, and Hexen Death Kings, and these are all, as I mentioned, in the Microsoft Store. So, yeah, some uh, pretty big titles. I, <laughs> it's kind of funny. Arena and Daggerfall you can get for free anyway. Um, they, it, I got them because. They, when you, when they had the recent uh, server merger, not server merger, but uh, when they, you, you could transfer your, what's in your Bethesda launcher account over to Steam. So I got Arena and Daggerfall through that because I had them through the Bethesda launcher, among a couple of other things. But um, <laughs> I bought. Redguard and uh, Battlespire. And now you can get them for free if you've got Game Pass. But hey, you know what? It's all good. Um, didn't have to... You know, th that's the, the thing with Game Pass. It's only as long as you keep the subscription going. 
So, I mean, Game Pass is fantastic. I, you know, it's well worth the $15 a month. Um, but if money's tight and you got other things that you need to get instead of that, um, you know what? It just, uh, it's all good. So, anyway, uh, what else we got here? So, here's uh, another. Uh, so, uh, ESO has also announced the another uh, DLC in the uh, High Isle storyline, and it is called Fire Song. So this is going to release in the fall, and this sounds like it's going to be another um, story. Yeah, it's the, it's the uh, end story DLC. So this is the one that will. It's going to be PVE. It's not a dungeon. Um, this is the story DLC. You know, they they. I mean, there's story to the dungeon DLCs, but this is one that mainly focuses on the story as opposed to dungeon delving and um, so this is the one that will complete the story so there's always that last story dlc they, they, they always do a couple of dungeons and a cup and a story dlc so and yeah this comes out in the fall which uh, we're just about into the fall so i don't actually have a date yeah, I don't, I don't see a date listed for Fire Song, but I do see that as I'm recording this, this is Sunday evening on uh, the 21st, August 21st, The Lost Depths actually comes out tomorrow. So, uh, yeah, on consoles, the same add-on will be available September 6th. So that's PC, uh, the Lost Depths Dungeon DLC comes out. And on September 6th, it's released for consoles. So, yeah, that'll, that's... Uh, I need to do more of the dungeon DLCs. So, here's a, a pretty cool story here. Um, for those of you who are followers of the United Wastelanders Network... Um, in the past couple years, you probably remember uh, Greg, who goes by Gamer Redefined uh, on Twitch, and he was a big part of the United Wastelanders community. I would um, I would watch United Wastelanders. I have a job where I mostly work by myself, so. Uh, you know, and I, I normally what I would do is I would listen to it. I'd put, I'd have it playing. I'd have Bluetooth uh, headphones, and I would turn it on and stick it in my pocket, and I would listen to it while I would work. I, yeah, I'd, it's you know, Twitch is more of a visual thing, but there's nothing wrong with working and just listening. So he, like I said, was a very big part of the United Wastelanders network. He had a couple of stories. And unfortunately, he passed away very suddenly last year. And it was a... It really hit the community hard. Um, myself included. I didn't 
know Greg as well as a lot, you know, most other people did, but you know, if I heard them say something and I, you know, sometimes I would take my phone out and comment on, you know, during the live feed. And he and I interacted a little bit. Um, like I said, I, a lot of people knew him a lot better than I did. Um, obviously, people who were part of the United Wastelanders community, like Meds and um, Shreds and Jessica Starr, among others. And yeah, he just he passed away really suddenly, and it was it was really rough. But Bethesda is doing something to immortalize him. So let's uh, let's see what they're doing here. Now I will say that people in the Fallout 76 community have actually done in-game uh, memorials for him, like there were marches and things like that. Um, so, I guess people are still doing mem memorial services, um, to mark a year of, uh, since he's passed in-game. Um, they're, they're doing event community events in the game to keep his memory alive, and I think that's really cool. So, let's see, let's see what else we got here. There are some sales going on right now. Um, they are doing like a crown. They're doing crown uh, discounts uh, sales going on right now until. Let's see here. It looks like it's going on until August 30th. So, yeah, also there's a free trial of ESO going on right now. So, definitely, definitely take advantage of that. And let's see, I got another article here. I found an article basically saying that no game will ever like have the impact that Skyrim did, will ever replicate the success that Skyrim did. Uh, just the fact that people are still buying this game over 10 years later and I mean yeah there's the running joke of how many game how many different versions of Skyrim on there well there's a reason why that is and that's because people keep freaking buying it but um, yeah there's just no game out there that I mean, yeah, you could make an argument that other games have had the impact that Skyrim has. I mean, Super Mario 3, um, Ocarina of Time, you know, I don't know, um, you know, Sonic the Hedgehog. There are games that have been huge games and still sell years later, but um, this article kind of makes an argument that no game will ever have the same impact that Skyrim has or had I mean I guess has because it's you know, still having an impact all these years later nearly 11 years later um, let's see I got one more article here that um, lists 10 games that you should play if you love Skyrim so I'm just going to run through these really quickly here. Uh, 10 is Witcher Wild Hunt. I've definitely played the shit out of that. Um, 
I still need to finish the DLC, but I did finish the main story, which in, excels, in itself is an accomplishment for me, because um, usually I'll obsess over a game and then get burnt out. Um, number nine is Elden Ring. i uh, played a lot of that, too. still need to play more of that. Uh, it's been a while since i played. Uh, number eight is Dragon's Dogma. i never never played that, so let's move on. Uh, Fallout 76 is number seven. Definitely played that. Uh, played through that recently, actually, with the Fallout feed. I uh, sided with Mr. House, and need to play the DLC for that. Uh, number six is Breath of the Wild. It definitely, definitely played that. It's been a few years since I've played it, though. I need to, uh, since I've really uh, gotten into it. I've played a little bit here and there, but I need to get back into that. Um, number five is the Mass Effect Trilogy, and I've definitely played that. I actually played that for the first time and finished it uh, about a year ago. Uh, I played through all three uh, straight through, and I have since started a second playthrough, uh, going Femshep this time. <clears throat> so, number four is God of War, and... <clears throat> This is a series I've always wanted to play, but never really had the chance to because I've never really owned it. I've had an Xbox, uh, not Xbox, it's uh, PlayStation owned. I've had a PlayStation 3, and I unfortunately don't have it anymore. Um, so I've played a little bit of the original, but I've never really played any of the others, and I didn't play a ton of the original. And I certainly haven't played the most recent one. Um, and we got a new one coming out, Ragnarok. So um, for those of you who have played these, definitely uh, I'd, I'd be willing to talk about it. Uh, number three is Oblivion. And it says, uh, what better game to pick than the one that came before Skyrim? So it says, almost everything that makes Skyrim great comes from Oblivion. Uh, Oblivion is a lot greener than Skyrim and has a brighter setting in general. Um, it depends on where you go. But, uh, yeah. Uh, Oblivion's how I got my start with uh, Bethesda, and I will be talking a lot about it in the next episode. Uh, number two is Morrowind. And it says the combat is tough and the enemies are tougher. Morrowind provides an excellently written story and interesting characters now the combat i will say it the mechanics it took me a couple of times to really get hooked on morrowind but um the the mechanics are a lot different but it's not necessarily a bad thing it's just something that takes a bit to adjust to if you've played the more recent games and number one is Dishonored. Now, this is one I haven't played. Um, definitely want to check it out. I want to say, yeah, Dishonored is Arcane, I believe. But they're owned by Bethesda. So, um, yeah, I need, to, I need to check that out. I want to say there's a Dishonored game on Game Pass. So, anyway, that uh, is it as far as the news goes. Um, definitely take advantage of the crown sale and the free trial of ESO if you're interested. Um, hopefully they'll do another um, ESO plus. 
trial soon. But uh, I think we had one fairly recently. Anyway, as far as what I have been playing, I've definitely been playing ESO. I think I'm just about done with the High Isle story with my European character. And so that that's definitely been interesting. I'm not going to give any spoilers, but it definitely has to do... Like, it kind of ties in a little bit with the Three Banners War. And I've really been enjoying Tales of Tribute. Now, I don't typically get into in-game card games, uh, and even other games, like um, Elder Scrolls Legends, which is a card game, and I want to say I, it's, uh, Elder Scrolls Legends is a free card game that you can get for PC and mobile. But even games like Pazak with uh, KOTOR, or Gwent with uh, with uh, the aforementioned Witcher Three, or even Caravan with Fallout New Vegas. I, I can't. It, it's really hard for me to get into in-game card games because a lot of the times I can't fucking understand them. Like if in you know, I, I'm sure people have tried to explain the rules to me. But it just kind of goes over my head, and I'm like, all right, you know what? I just want to play the game. I don't, I'm not really into this card game. Let me just go play the game. But I have really come to enjoy Tales of Tribute for whatever reason. I just, I, I figured out what cards get you the points you need to win, and the rules are fairly simple. So, I have, you know, really started to get the hang of it, and I've started doing the daily events where you win three games against NPCs. I haven't taken on other players yet, but I've been playing against the uh, NPC characters. So, I've been doing the daily events where it you play against an NPC in another province. So it'll send you to this zone in, you know, Marwind, and then it'll send you to Valenwood, Valenwood, and then it'll send you to, you know, Ardon or something like that. So I've been doing those, and I've been winning. Um, yeah, I've lost a couple here and there. Um, but more often than not, I've been coming out on the winning side, and it's been a lot of fun. Um, let's see what else I've played. I picked up... I, I started getting into a Batman mood, so I was playing a little bit of Arkham City. And, you know, I've, I've got the Arkham Trilogy. Like, there's a bundle you can get for Xbox. But I wanted to play Arkham Origins, because I know a lot of people don't care for Arkham Origins. And I don't really understand why. I mean, yeah, it's got different voice actors for Batman and the Joker. Instead of Mark Hamill for the Joker, it's got Troy Baker. And instead of Batman being voiced by Kevin Conroy, it's got um, Roger Craig Smith, who is known for voicing Ezio Auditore, among other people. But, um, yeah, I think that's his biggest claim to fame as he played Ezio in the Assassin's Creed series. But Arkham Origins does have a lot to love. 
and I will say that the fight against Deathstroke is probably one of my favorite in the series. Like, I love Deathstroke as a character. Like, he's a straight-up badass. And the fight definitely, like, you, instead of, like, attacking him in a specific way or whatever, a lot of it is countering. So you gotta be patient, let him come to you, reverse, you know, at the correct, you know, at the appropriate time. Like, timing is everything with that fight. And, yeah, it's just, I don't really understand the hatred of that game because I think it's really good but um, I guess that's just me Um, let's see with Fallout 76 I have achieved scorecation and I did it naturally Uh, right now there's a a, well I think it it might be over well no it, it probably ends Monday so as you're listening to this it's probably over right now but there's been a double XP weekend on top of Meat Week. So Meat Week actually goes on for another week. So if you missed out on it this past week, it's going to go on for another week. And they fixed whatever bug was causing Graham to leave the Meat Cook site. So he's actually present during Meat Cook now. And um, yeah, with that double XP, doing those Primal Cuts events, I was leveling up like crazy. Um, So I was hitting all of my daily goals and my weekly goals, uh, or the challenges for the scoreboard. Um, (laughs) Last weekend, there was a double mutation weekend for daily ops and i do not understand why they think that's something we like they the double mutations makes the enemies that much harder for daily ops um and it was like the the daily challenges were almost set up in a way to where if you don't do a daily ops you're not going to get the gold star for the day to where you get that extra 150 score or 1500 score points. So I was like, okay, well, thanks guys. So I did a daily ops sometime last weekend and this one was brutal. Um, the enemies had, they were cloaked, so they were pretty much invisible they had armor piercing rounds to where they killed you within a few shots like you would die within a second or two and if you managed to kill them before you get killed they released a toxic like a poison cloud fucking brutal so <laughs> like this was so bad um so this one took me just about an hour to finish because all of us were getting killed really quickly and this particular daily ops you killed groups of enemies so you start out with eight enemies then you kill 10 then you kill 12 and then you kill the final guy and yeah like i said it took me it took us an hour to complete this daily ops and by the end of it it was just me and one other person um 
I think this this person's screen name was Commend Plum. Um, and uh, we've since uh, played Sea of Thieves together because uh, it turns out this person was very, very grateful um, and started asking me some questions in uh, Xbox chat. Uh, like, they needed to craft a camera so they can... Because that's a, a in-game challenge, and you get some atoms for it. And there was something that they wanted to buy in the atom shop. Um, so yeah, another uh, that lead. So <laughs> yeah, I, if, if there are any people with Bethesda that listen to this, we don't like double mutations <laughs> with with the daily ops. Um, I don't know of anybody who said, yes, I'm so glad for a double mutation weekend. Um, I did a daily ops this past week, and I actually had a record with that one. Uh, we got done in like four and a half minutes. It was it was like the, amazing how quickly we went through that one. Um, compared to the hour that it took us to do one where there were double mutations. So, yeah, if, again, if there's any people who work for Bethesda that listen to this show, please get rid of... I will gladly do Nuclear Winter. Like, I, I'm not much of a, a PvP person, and I'm not much of a Battle Royale person, but um, I know Nuclear Winter is something that most players miss. And... So we would much rather see Nuclear Winner come back than deal with double mutations in Daily Ops. Just saying. Anyway, I'm going to uh, get done uh, with that. I'm done with that rant now. On to the next game that I've played. I've played a lot of Sea of Thieves the last few days. So... Um, the person that I mentioned from the Daily Ops, Commend Plum, um, we added each other on Xbox, and um, they posted a, hey, looking for a group, and it turned out they wanted to play Sea of Thieves. So Sea of Thieves is something that I've always wanted to play, but never really had a group to play with. Um, Durka and I always say we're going to play Sea of Thieves, and then we never do. Uh, but this person was looking for a group. I'm like, yeah, sure, what the hell? So we did a vault raid. Um, we uh, went to an island. There was a vault there. We found the key and looted the vault. And uh, that was kind of the end of it. Um, turns out this... Uh, she also taught me some fishing tips. So I... there it, There's actually a strategy when it comes to fishing in... Sea of Thieves, and they were more than happy to show me the ropes, and I've since caught some trophy fish. Uh, so, yeah, thank you for that. And uh, speaking of Durka, we actually did play Sea of Thieves yesterday. We played for about five hours. We raided several islands, saluted, and um, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Um, we did get sunk, and it was partly my fault. There was this ship that we... It was another player's ship, and they came by us, and they're like, hey, hey, no, we're in, we're friends, we're friends. We, we were saying we were friends, and they're like, yeah, yeah, sure, we're friends, we're friends. And then they shot at us. So we sunk them, and then they found us again, and again said that they were friendly, and I think they took a couple shots at us. We sunk them again, 
and um, I can't remember exactly why this last time happened, but they rammed us or something, and or we we rammed them, and everybody started hopping on their ship, including me. Well, what for whatever reason we took on some water and we ended up sinking. So we actually did have a rowboat that we were able to get our treasure onto. And one of the guys in our group was really pissed at both us and them. So we got our ship back after um, <laughs> afterward. And none of us died because of that, but our ship sank. Excuse me, I had to take a little bit of a drink there. And... So we found them again and just annihilated the fuck out of them. Um, another thing that we did was we tried, we boarded a Skelly ship. Um, I took out a bunch of the crew members, but the captain, I don't know if the captain was eating or whatever, but the captain would not die. Um, so I ended up dying and, um, yeah, I mean, it was fun. We, I can say I've been aboard a Skelly ship. Um, we came across a Megalodon, uh, that was actually attacking the ship that was messing around with us. Uh, that was kind of funny, because it was circling them, <laughs> not us. It did take a bite out of our ship once, but, um, it was easy to repair. But yeah, it, it, uh, <laughs> it kept circling them. I can't, I don't think it sank them, but that was fun. Um. Yeah, we raided a bunch of forts, uh, made a lot of gold, and it was a really good time. Like I said, we played for about five hours. And um, another thing that's going on right now is there's an add-on sale going on for Xbox. Um, so this is a like a big DLC sale. It's probably just about done. But I bought a couple of packs for uh, The Sims, Sims 4. So I've been playing a lot of Sims 4, and normally this isn't a game that would, you know, hold my interest, and admittedly it's probably been about a year since I've played, but I find myself going back to it every so often, and getting... <laughs> Here's the thing about The Sims. The Sims is a game that you can put as much money into as you want to because there's so many different expansion packs that you can get and a lot of the times they can be as much as a triple a AAA game like they're they can get up to about 40 45 dollars for some of these packs yeah some of them are cheaper they're five six bucks something like that but they're never those usually don't add a lot usually it'll just add some stuff that you can build um they'll just add stuff to the store that you can put in your house but um some of the big ones will add um different areas that you can travel to like more areas you can travel to and add a lot more stuff that you can actually do in the game so I picked a cup, picked up a couple. Um, easy for me to say. I I know English well. Um, I picked up Discover University, which adds uh, college to it, and I picked up Strangerville, which adds another 
another zone and there's a big mystery that you need to solve uh with that one so it's fun um one of my like my starting character is an elder and i don't know why this is because he seems to uh age faster than the girl who kind of is a guide uh, that kind of meets you there at your house for the first time and uh, most people marry her and yeah I did too so um, she's still a young adult and my character is an elder I don't know how the hell that happened um, maybe I should have started him younger but um, we have two kids we got they're two boys and they're both in high school one's actually about to start college so um, adding this university pack to the game, um, he needs to make some decisions about where to go for college, get his high school grades up, and um, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens uh, when that happens. I think he's just about to go to college, so um, yeah, I'll probably update you on that in the next episode. So anyway, um, yeah, that's really about all I've been playing, so let's get into today's topic, and that is the Tiber Wars and how Tiber Septum united the Empire. So let's uh, let's get into that. Alright guys, so let's get back into the Tiber Wars. So I talked about these a little bit in the Talos episode that I did back in April of last year. And if you haven't checked that episode out, I, I think most of you have, but definitely, definitely go back and listen to that episode. I think I, I was pretty thorough in covering uh, Tiber Septum's life, but um, I don't think I got into the I, I don't think I got completely into the nitty gritty as far as the actual battles go I just kind of gave an overview but I, I mean at the same time I, like I said I was I was pretty thorough but uh, we're gonna get into specifically the wars that um, he fought to unite Tamriel um, not to mention that episode also has a skit at the beginning which was really fun um mr katie b played uh, he did the honors of playing a thalmor agent in that episode so uh, definitely definitely go back and check it out so the uesp articles and the uh, fandom wiki both break it down into the human wars and the uh, the uh, elven wars like they break it down uh, that's kind of how they divide the or the timeline for this so um, I mentioned Coolacane uh, in that uh, episode and he was kind of Tiber Septim's right hand man there for a while until he ultimately stabbed him in the back but uh, he definitely helped unite some of the human kingdoms. 
Cocaine was uh, the king of Falkreath when the wars were going on, and he was supported by Chevalier Reynold, who is a member of the Knightly Order, descended from Raymond Cyrodiil's bodyguards, and they decided to wage war to unify the Colovian estates. So, to secure the northern borders and future aid, or future bid for conquest, Cuohain allied himself with Skyrim against the forces of the Western Reach. And this led the, his forces, or the, the person who was leading his forces, was a young general called Hjalti Earlybeard. And uh, he was later named Talos. So that's how Kulkane uh, and Tiber Septim became uh, buddies. So uh, after the successful pacification of Old Roldan, uh, Nord and Breton nobles rightfully fearing the ambitious Kulkane uh, king and his undefeated general formed an alliance and invaded northern Cyrodiil. So this uh, resulted in a resounding victory at Sancrator, and it was the turning point of the conflict as the Nordic generals, suspicious of their Breton allies, flocked to join Talos' armies. So in the, <laughs> in the uh, Talos episode that I did, I originally said that Sancrator was in Skyrim, um, I did later on in that episode correct myself. I was confusing Sankator with Sarthal. Um, for those of you who've played Skyrim, you know all about Sarthal. Uh, it's the one of the early places you visit in the uh, College of Winterhold storyline. But Sankator was actually a very important place in the history of Cyrodiil. So, Sancrator, if you've played Oblivion, you've been to Sancrator. Um, it is a big uh, quest that you do in the, uh, in the main quest. So, Sancrator was, uh, it was a city that is in the Gerald Mountains uh, north of Coral. And it is said to be the mythical birthplace and final resting place of Raymond Cyrodiil and his successors. Um, it's notable for the Fort Runestones placed throughout the complex during the First Era. So, yeah, this, when you visit, I'll probably get more into this in the next episode uh, when I revisit Oblivion. But when you go to visit Sankator. It's filled with the uh, undead remains of Blades agents. So they're all skeletons, but there's actually kind of a little bit of a, a side quest in the when you visit Sankator where you have to purify their remains because they're cursed. Um, so they're they're fighting you. They they don't really want to but they're forced to fight anybody who sets foot in there. So, in a sense, they're guarding it, and you have to uh, free them from this curse so they can fulfill their ultimate quest on for themselves. Um, not to mention 
you're like the whole reason why you're sent there in the first place is because you need to retrieve the armor of Tiber Septum. It's all part of this ritual that Martin is performing to create a portal to make our Cameron's paradise. Um, <laughs> and uh, as far as we know, uh, Tiber Septum is the or Talos is the only divine that um, has bled that we know of. So, um, yeah, like I said, I'll probably talk more about Sankator in the next episode. But you also visit Sankator in uh, ESO, which is kind of cool. But let's get back to the wars that Tiber Septim has that Tiber Septim fought to unite Cyrodiil. Or not to Cyrodiil, but all of Tamriel. So, uh, after, you know, Tiber Septim kind of took the reins of the armies, uh, Kulikane was uh, able to focus on some other things. So, he did unite the Colovian estates in under a year, and not much, much more passed before the rest of Cyrodiil shared a similar fate so by this point uh by uh second era 854 they had captured the imperial city and just as he was preparing to crown himself emperor of all cyrodiil uh tiber septum had kulakane assassinated <laughs> so uh yeah he he had eyes on the crown himself so he, uh, as a result, was crowned um, by the Imperial Battle Mage Zurin Arctus, and he was uh, named Tiber Septim. Uh, so he, he took the name Tiber Septim at this point because he was going by Talos. Um, so, yeah, this is start the start of the Septim Dynasty. And over the next 10 years, he waged war with most of the neighboring nations to claim for the new empire, but never again doing it personally. So at this point, uh, the Arles of Skyrim and the Petty High King, uh, Petty Kings of High Rock fall. Now, after this, they set their sights on Hammerfell, but with the Red Guards being the proud people that they are, and not to mention some of the most skilled warriors in the in all of Tamriel, they weren't going to just sit by and let him <laughs> conquer them. So, yeah, the the uh, there's the High King of Hammerfell, Facade uh, the Second. He resisted all forms of Imperial invasion. It was only after his death in uh, Second Era 862 that Hammerfell started showing signs of weakness. But it it was not from an external invasion, but rather from an internal invasion. There was a civil war going on um, as to who was the next to be crowned High King of Hammerfell. So some of the uh, Red Guards supported Thassad's heir, Ator. Um, but other people for following someone else. And uh, what's that 
quote that it's yeah, Jesus in the Bible uh, was, I think, the first to say this, but Abraham Lincoln during the American Civil War was quoted as saying, a house divided amongst itself will not stand. And that ultimately was the fate of Hammerfell. They uh, were divided and there were battles that were fought on uh, um, Stress Mackay, which is an island off the coast of Hammerfell. And there was a, a battle uh, that took place here in uh, Secondary 864. And it's also known as the Battle of Hungden Bay. Uh, by the, the Imperials called it this. So they fled the capital of Sentinel. Um, there was Prince Ator and his remaining allies for the Red Guard. Um, they uh, I'm sorry, Prince Ator rallied the remaining Red Guard crowns for one final battle. And the, there were people on both sides that clashed near the Isle of Strasmachai uh, in the Hungding Bay. That's why the Imperials call it the Battle of Hungding Bay. And the Imperial West Navy uh, was led by Lord Emil uh, Richton, and he brought a dragon called Nuffalargus. Uh, which, Nuffalargus, I want to say, is Nuffalargus an ESO? Um, yeah, uh, Nephilar, sorry, Nephilar, um, is in both Red Guard and ESO. So, um, I think if I remember right, there was an episode of the Elder Scrolls lore cast where they're going through all of the named dragons in all of the games, and Nephilar is one of them. And, uh, Lotus of Doom actually talked quite a bit about Nephilar, and apparently... Nafalar is an enemy in Redguard, but he allies your, himself with you. Why is it? Why is he called Nafalargus on this on the uh, title course page? Um, yeah, if I remember right, he is an enemy in Redguard, but he's an ally in ESO. Um, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm reading here. And, um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's a, a heck of an ally. So, apparently, Nafalar also helped Tiber Septim, or, I'm sorry, he, he allied himself with the Red Guards and took on the Imperials, but apparently it was, it, they were still overcome, so... Uh, let's see the the final uh, there there's this uprising in Strasmachai that happens in Second Era 864 and ultimately uh, the result is the first treaty of Strasmachai where uh, that was the end of that um, so after Hammerfell they turn their attention to the Aldmeri uh, people. So, yeah, the, there, there's the pacification that happened uh, following the first treaty of Stress Mackay, and Tiber Septim found himself left with opponents that were 
little bit stronger and more unified than humans. So it's said that he considered whether further expansion was even an option. Because not only do you have to face the elves, but you also have to face the Khajiit and the Argonians. So I think um, they first started in Morrowind in Second Era 882. And uh, Black Marsh was never really successfully invaded. Uh, they really took advantage of the, the swamps. Uh, the uh, inner swamps were mostly avoided by Tiber Septim's troops. Even though his generals feared that the Denmer were as dreadful and fanatic, it were dreadful and fanatic foes. Uh, Tiber of Septim himself realized that Marwin's weakness in the infighting was its most was at its most prominent uh, within the great houses. So, despite expecting a more prolonged conflict, Tiber Septim was offered peace by the Denmer after only a few brief skirmishes. So, apparently, the Denmer were ready to um, join the uh, empire pretty quickly. So, one of the terms was. Um, <laughs> that Tiber Septim, one of the terms was rumored to have been allowing Tiber Septim to use the Nemidium to crush the forces of the Aldmeri Dominion. Um, honestly, uh, with what I went through in the Talos episode, it probably was because Tiber Septim had a really good relationship with the Baron Saya. Um, I think if you listen to that episode, you should know all about that. Um, unfortunately, Tiber Septim was not able to uh, use the Heart of Lorcan, but he was forced to find another source uh, which uh, for the Numidium, which was in Mantella. Um, the Mantella is... Give me a second here. A massive green gem which is called a Crux of Transcendence. Um, and it contained a life force uh, of the entity known to Tamriel as the Underkeen. So the Mantella actually is in uh, one of the games here, if you give me a second. You actually find the Mantella in Daggerfall. So that's a pretty nice reference there. So, it looks like uh, yeah, the, the conquest of Somerset Isle was pretty brief also after acquiring this. So, there's also <laughs> the uh, Numidium itself is actually destroyed by the Underking himself. So, yeah, um, after conquering the Somerset Isles, uh, after the conquest of Somerset Isles, um, I guess the skirmishes and elsewhere in Black Marsh were in 861, uh, secondary 861. Um, that was really it. So he, uh, Tiber Septim was the first person to unite all of Tamriel. So, let's see. The 
here's some treaties here. There's the Forebearer Truce, um, which uh, also had to do with Hammerfell. And there's the Armistice, uh, which united uh, Marwind. Uh, and so, yeah, his, his reign lasted for 44 years after, in which uh, I did talk about uh, those years in the Talus episode. This episode is specifically about how Tiber Septim united the Empire. And I've done an episode on all, like most of the members of the Septim dynasty. I didn't go through every single person in detail. But yeah, this was this episode was you know specifically about how the Third Empire started. It was just kind of a, a brief revisiting of it. And in the next episode, um, I'm going to be doing a retrospective on Oblivion, which goes through how the Third Empire came to a close. And so that's that's what we'll be talking about next episode. Uh, there's more to Oblivion than just the end of the Third Era. Um, there's also the DLC. There's the Knights of the Nine and uh, the Shivering Isles. Um, I'm not really going to... I don't know how much uh, you want me to talk about the horse armor. If that is something you want me to talk about too, about in detail, I can. Um, but I don't have to. There's really not a whole lot there. You just go buy armor for your horse and you can pick out a couple of different styles. Um, but yeah, that's, that's really about it. Uh, there are some notable battles here. Um, there's the... There's some battles listed here with the Old Mary Dominion, um, the, uh, the Red Guards. Uh, there's a lot of battles that have to do with um, the Red Guards that are listed here. There's the Sack of Mournhold that um, happens here. It, there's not a date listed here, but this is... Uh, wow, Baron Zaya was only five years old when that happened um which you do get to meet Baron Zaya in Morrowind so I guess that makes sense um yeah that's I think that's really about it for this episode so um in this article that I'm reading here it also lists uh Tiber Septim subordinates which some of them I've mentioned some of them I haven't but yeah, I think that's going to be it for this episode. So um, I'd like to thank The Hive, as always, for sponsoring this podcast. And if you'd like to get a hold of me, you can find me personally at iangold08 on Twitter and Instagram. And the show's handle is P. And if you could do me a favor and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I know I mentioned this quite a bit, but it really does help um, get eyes and ears on the show and to be completely honest it also is a bit of a confidence booster um i know there are plenty of people who listen to this show um i talked to some of them a handful of them but it is always nice to know uh, that people are listening and just to you know uh that, that is one way that you can let me know what this show means to you. Um, you don't have to say a lot. 
just to hey you know just to leave a if you leave a review on apple podcast with some text on it i will read it out on the show and um kind of mention just uh how that how much that means to me so yeah um that's another reason to leave a review um because it, it does it definitely does uh give you a boost of confidence just to know that people care um yeah so uh if you could do that for me that would i'd really appreciate that and as i mentioned uh next episode we are going to be talking about oblivion big uh, oblivion retrospective so anyway i'm gonna get out of here i've been rambling for quite a bit Oh, before I forget, you can also find me at my other two shows. I have Nintendo, Super Nintendo, where I talk about all things Nintendo. And I just did an episode on the original Nintendo DS. And next up will be an episode on the 3DS. And also Tapes from the Waste. And our last episode came out this past weekend. And it was about Fallout Shelter. And I sat down and talked with Andrew from the follow feed for about an hour about when we talked all about follow shelter so definitely definitely go check that out i think that episode is about two hours long and it was a really great episode so definitely check that out but yeah that'll do it for this episode so as always stay safe adventurers